You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hi, this is Tristan here for the Archaeology Podcast Network. I'm here at Brighton 2018. And across the table from me is... Chris Harris. From... Magnitude Surveys Limited. Awesome. So, uh, you've got a nice little booth here. Um, What have you got at your booth to offer us? Apart from, obviously, the services provided by Magnitude Surveys, but... What's the swag? Uh, we have flash drives, we have pens, we have notepads, um, we have scale rulers, flyers, and most excitingly, cupcakes. Cupcakes, right. So what's been, what would you, if you were at this conference, not for magnitude surveys, what kind of stuff, what kind of swag do you usually look out for? I usually go for pens and flash drives. Um, be the two top things I go for. I'm not really into sweets. Um, pens. You always need more pens. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty true. Pretty true. So we'll get the boring stuff out of the way. What does Magnitude Survey do? Um, we are an independent provider of archaeological geophysic surveys to the commercial, community, and public outreach sectors. Um, we're based in Bradford, but we work. Anywhere, everywhere. Everywhere. Good, good, good. And uh, you were kind of just running through a little game with me earlier uh, that actually had a point. So obviously it was like you got more and more uh, parts of a map with geophys done on it. Uh, and you had to guess what it was before you got all the maps. So what is that? Why? What was the thought behind that game? Um, quite often we, we do quotes for we have it the entire large site and then it goes oh we don't want to necessarily pay to do geophysics over the entire area can we do smaller targeted areas um which means we're doing sometimes narrow linear corridors or discrete blocks around the site um and often it makes it harder to interpret the results because it's always useful to have more context especially when you have um, if you have like a linear anomaly just running through somewhere, what that could be produced by a lot of things. So having more coverage can give you a better idea of what's going on and what's um, the nature of the surrounding landscape. So um, obviously technology is a very big part of commercial archaeology and archaeology in general. And I've always found it quite interesting how archaeology seems to be sometimes the pioneers of kind of new techniques and everything. How, you know, uh, how long have you worked for Magnitude Surveys? Um, I'm one of the founders of Magnitude. Um, we set up nearly three years ago. Um, my other directors um, come from backgrounds working in, uh, both have academic degrees and postgraduate degrees in archeological geophysics, but worked for um, commercial units. Um, but I came from a pure academic background so this is probably my first exposure into working more in the commercial world versus the academic world do you have a favorite type of geophys that you like doing personally or you don't really get the hands dirty or <laughs> I, d- I did my phd in electromagnetic induction methods um so i get really excited when people ask about doing those we uh, they're becoming it's becoming more interest in doing em surveys uh, because they can measure two different soil properties simultaneously and you get multiple depth information. And some of the, the bigger systems for doing um, a big thing now is 
paleo landscapes. Um, so we have a big ongoing project, actually several ongoing projects where we're taking one of the big, it's about several meter long sensors to map paleo channels and then having the magnetometry with it. So you get a nice like different complementary data sets to go with that. No, I, I, I have a little bit of background in chemistry, so science stuff really kind of, you know, gets the light bulb going. What, so you were talking about EM surveys doing different soil properties and depths. What do, when we're talking about different soil properties simultaneously, what are we talking about? Like, what, what are you measuring? So I, I think the standard, when people think of, uh, when people think of geophysics, they usually think of a magnetometer survey, and that essentially is just measuring magnetic changes and that could um, whereas electromagnetic induction surveys it measures magnetic susceptibility which is um, a specific component like a specific magnetic properties and also how electrical conductivity so how easy it is to induce current flow into the ground so magnetometers are great for picking up magnetic enhancement, which all sorts of anthropogenic and archaeological activity produces magnetic enhancement, whereas the EM surveys with the electrical conductivity is good for differences in soil density and, and texture. Um, and uh, you were talking about paleo soils. Uh, how deep do you have to go to be considered the paleo landscape? What What is the definition there? Like, what? Because obviously... You know, when we talk about studying the past generally, you know, you're talking about finds just under the soil uh, for anthropo uh, anthropogenic finds. So what is paleo soil? What is paleo finds and paleo landscape? The, the surveys that we have, the, we have very good briefs. And I say this is the key part of this, a very well-defined brief for what they're looking for this survey. So they wanted to find paleo landscapes, um, features that are maybe more, or sites that are more ephemeral, that are more difficult to find with uh, traditional survey methods. So going and mapping old um, geological landforms, I think to target of where there would be more likelihoods to have these, these sites. So we're not necessarily looking for archaeological features themselves, but areas to target. Do you uh, come to a lot of conferences? How do you find this one? How do you find CIFA as conferences? This is my first time at CIFA. Um, this is my first time at a conference not presenting. This is my first time at a conference as an exhibitor. Um, so it's been, it's a very different experience, I think, being an exhibitor versus presenting. Um, yeah, no, no, I completely appreciate that. Is this your first time in Brighton? It's my first time in Brighton. It's my first time in Brighton. What do you think of Brighton? It's bigger than I was expecting. Okay, okay. And windier. <laughs> well, it is on the sea. And I quite, I personally quite like the seaside. I do like to be beside the sea. What about yourself? It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a novelty to me. Because uh, to, to my knowledge, Bradford is pretty much not near the sea. You know, less than two hours or an hour, either way, east or west. That's you'll get... really, that is really as far from the sea as you can get in England, I believe. Well, I'm also from, where I'm, I'm from Minnesota in the U.S., and it's not very far from the geographic center of North America. Yeah. So also where I grew up is as far as you can get. So I, I think it's a novel 
is, has a certain novelty to me, but it has this uneasiness as well. I'm much more content with lakes and <laughs> too close and to the sea. forests, personally. Have you seen the pier and the Brighton Pier and everything? I saw that down the, the promenade. Yeah, we went out on the pier the first night. It was very windy. There was a lot of, it reminded me of like um, American carnival rides. It's very long, it was massive. It was very than I was expecting. Crazy. And yeah, but I find it's really interesting if you go along a little bit, um, there's also the remains of the other pier, uh, which I thought was, it looks a bit odd standing out there. I don't know if you saw it. Oh yeah, or the um, the dinner was overlooked last night, the dress, yeah. 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 The, the decaying and... I don't want to say corpse, but it literally reminded me of like the, this thing at sea. I found that really interesting and a really weird kind of aspect of built heritage right in the middle of Brighton. I wonder if it was chosen for that. They, all the archaeologists look out and see that. And, mm, interesting. Kind of reminded me of Bradford in some ways since we have a lot of those um, kind of empty old Victorian mill buildings that are kind of... Some of them are developed around them, but some of them are there just kind of waiting for well, either to be redeveloped or a lot of them go up in flames. Yeah, it is a shame, you know, when you see these buildings fall into disrepair rather than, um, you know, something happen with them. I was, I was listening to one of the, um, the things upstairs where they're talking about a lot of the time we do too much archaeology in the sense that it doesn't really, like, you know, there's not really a community involvement in that. How is archaeology in Bradford? Like, obviously, you guys work nationally. You supply everybody with stuff. Do you ever get involved with stuff that happens around Bradford? I think one of the, the most successful community and public engagement projects I've seen, um, it was when I was doing my PhD and my supervisor, Chris Gaffney, um, did, at first it was a geophysical survey and then it developed into a larger project at the old Bradford football park. So they went and mapped um, all of the area. I think they did radar, I think they did res, and then they excavated and brought in the, the local neighborhood and... Um, found and dug out all of the old um, aspects of the football ground and people loved it because it was a really it had a, a fond spot in someone's living memory and had a, a good sense of kind of community connection to it. I found that a lot when we're going out to Lister Park uh, which is in a big Victorian park in Bradford and there is a swimming pool that was built in the early 20th century that was um, kind of demolished in the 1970s. So we'd always go out there and do training out there. And people just loved going and hearing um, what we were doing and seeing some of the results because it's just had that connection to that place. And that's the kind of archaeology that, you know, I've been exposed to in Bradford is, is more recent or industrial archaeology, which people, I think, connect with really well. That's really cool. Um, if people want to kind of get in contact with you about doing geophys how what's the best way to find you guys um probably the best way is just to send an email to info at magnitudesurveys.co.uk um or give us a ring 01274926020 and you know, we're on twitter as well you can tweet us um but email is probably the best no worries thank you very much thank you 
This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.